1: This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on vSend.
2: Thank you, Brent Musburger. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, is the sponsor of the Lombardi line. Make sure you check out the new app, which has been reconfigured. What does that mean? In-game betting, a much better experience over at BetMGM. BetMGM BetMGM.com or download the app. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. He is Michael Lombardi. He's at the Borgata, where he's been for years. I'm Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. We've got Brent Musburger coming up in just a bit. We've got Thomas Gable from behind the book there at the Borgata coming up as well. You hear that noise, Michael? That is the noise of everybody across the country teasing the Eagles down from seven to one against the Giants today. As we get into that game, let's throw up your power rankings. And you do have the Eagles sitting atop the list at one. You've got the Bills. You can see your list right there. You've got the Bills and Cowboys, 49ers and Chiefs rounding out the top five.
4: Look, I I think if you put arrows next to some teams here, right, you know, Cincinnati's got an arrow up. They've come a long way. They've made some improvement. San Francisco, the same thing. They've made significant improvement. But Philly continues to be the story. I mean, Philly continues to play well. And the way they played last week, Patrick, I think makes them the most dangerous because they they came into the game with a mindset, we're not going to try to run this ball. We're going to run it. But we're going to establish the pass we're going to run play action passes we're going to get let Jalen Hurts get involved into the offense we're going to use our skill players and then we're going to get the lead and then we're going to make the opponent be one-dimensional where are we going with that and when you're playing Tennessee when you make Ryan Tannehill the lead actor in the play as opposed to Derrick Henry it, it favors you and so I like that approach and I think that approach has to carry over today.
2: Okay, so let's discuss this. We talked about the Giants being banged up. You were taking a phone call. I think it was about Saquon Barkley. You don't think he's going to play today, correct?
4: I don't. No, I think if he plays, he's not going to be 100%. Leonard Williams isn't going to play. I mean, look, the Giants are beat up. I mean, their injury report is long. It's tedious. I mean, it's it's not, you know, look, I'm sure this will be a close game, but if the Eagles do what I just said they typically should do, which is get out in front, I think it's going to be really challenging for the the Giants to stay close to them. The Giants had a hard time staying attached to the Dallas Cowboys. It was close for a – but then, you know, that that eight-point win for the Cowboys really was – I mean, that touchdown at the end of the game was a backdoor cover. Let's face it, right? So the Eagles have this momentum going, and I think that when you take Barkley away, who's making plays for the Giants? You know, Daniel – how many bootlegs can Daniel Jones run in one game? You know, I mean, how many times can they actually get by with this? I think it's just going to be hard. You know, now, I, I, you know, I just think when you break this game down – the eagles when they play from in front when they when they become the team that is the leader and they do what they typically did earlier in the year which is dominate the second quarter and get all those points it's hard so now they don't have if they don't have barkley today with the neck injury which is very doubtful they don't have wendell wendell robinson who's out on ir like where are they getting plays from
2: okay Elliot in my ear says dayball just said he Barkley is a go, but let's just be honest about what Barkley's what's happening with him. He's hit a wall of attrition. He's been horrible over the last three games as well, as it looks like the workload is adding up. Yeah.
4: I mean, Barkley is uh, Barkley is interesting because, you know, look, the kid probably wants to go like he definitely wants to go. However, that being said, can he go? I mean, there's a difference between – it's a little bit like, I mean, we're finally done with the Odell Beckham conversation, thank God. You know, I mean, you know, we're done that he's going to impact and become the greatest receiver in the last five games of the season coming off of an injury. But the reality of it is, is being cleared to play – and being able to play effectively are two different things. And with a neck injury, that's challenging. Against a good Eagle front, you know, uh, Sue's playing better. Linville Joseph is in there. They've got Fletcher Cox. Hargrave was dynamic last week against Tennessee. And this offensive line for the Giants will will struggle. The Eagles' defense can put pressure on Daniel Jones, and if he turns this ball over, I think this game gets away from him.
2: Okay, Division Dogs are hitting at a 61% clip ATS, so let's do it this way. If I'm coming to you, Michael Lombardi, and I say, convince me to take the Giants catching seven. On paper, the Eagles are better better everywhere. They're better talent-wise. Every Giant touchdown at this point feels like a win or an upset. Barkley's banged up. Slayton's miscast as a one. Here comes Bradbury and Darius Slay. I don't know how the defensive backs there with the Giants are going to cover these Eagles receivers on an island. Like, everything you look at says Eagles, but convince me to take the seven with the Giants.
4: Well, what you're saying is they're going to, the, the, the Giants are going to copy the Washington game plan, run the ball effectively, get not, not for big plays, get four yards, convert third downs. They're going to get turnovers. The Giants are the eighth best team in creating turnovers. It's one of their strengths. They're going to play really good defense in the second half. They're the 11th best team in the National Football League in that area, right? So they're able, and they're the fourth best third down defensive team in the NFL. So we're going to stop them on third down. We're going to be very effective in the second half defensively, and we're going to create turnovers. The other area where we're really good, if we're the New York Football Giants, is we create, we're the sixth best team in the National Football League in creating incomplete passes. So that means their execution of the opponent isn't great. So the Giants are good in four areas of my top 19. They're in the top seven. They're four in the top 12 and another four. But they're in the bottom in five categories, where the Eagles are in the top 12 in 16 categories of the 19 that matter. It's kind of a mismatch in the game. And so you're going to need to be able to turn the ball over. You're going to have to make a play in the kicking game. You're going to have to play on a short field. And you're going to have to hope that Jalen Hurts goes in there and gives you a couple bad throws. And you can read what he reacts to. And you've got to take your chances. If you just rush four against Jalen Hurts and just try to rush four and keep him in the pocket like you do with Kyler Murray, that he can still get out because you don't have all the gaps covered. And then once he gets out, he becomes a more effective player. What you've got to be able to do is handle the play-action pass early in the game.
2: Giants backers, I'll give you more hope. The Giants are the best dog team this year. The Giants are 7-1 and one ATS as a dog this year. How about this? They're 5-2-1 outright as a dog this year. Of course, the seven and one mark is the best as a dog in the NFL this year. They've continued to exceed expectations. You're kind of waiting for that shoe to drop with the Giants. They're catching seven. We've actually got seven and a half on the board at Bet MGM today in the Meadowlands. Okay. But,
4: but here's the other thing I think we have Please. to talk about, right? So they 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 beat Jacksonville in a game that goes six and one, and. We can go back over that game, and Doug Peterson was uh, helpful in l help, in allowing the Giants to win that game, and they won it. I'm not taking anything away from them. So then they go out to Seattle, and they and Seattle just, they Seattle holds them to 13 points, and we know Seattle's not a great defense. They got the buy. They come back against Houston, which we know is not a very good team. Davis Mills, and Houston is really in the second half never punted. They turned it over in the second half. They had every opportunity to to kind of win that game, and they didn't. They played Detroit. Detroit routes them at home, 31-18. Then they go down to Dallas, and it's 28-20, but it wasn't as close as that. And then it's the 2020 game against the Commanders where the Giants had a chance to win it, but they really didn't. So in the last five weeks of the season, this Giant team has not played very well. So we're kind of clinging to the win against Baltimore, the win against the, the Packers over in London, the win against Chicago. I don't see it as the same team because what's happened is their injuries have forced them to be a different team.
2: So you're saying Doug Peterson was benevolent. That was very kind of Dougie. We appreciate that. Yeah, hey, let's good. put a bow yeah. on this one. Giants, Eagles, Eagles at Jersey. What's the Lombardi line?
4: I had this game here. I have this as a 7.68 game. So, so pretty much you know, now this on line, number. This line went down to 6.5. And, and in the contest here, I believe it's 6.5. Of course, naturally, with Russo, it went to seven. You know, of course, he had—I don't know where he gets his numbers. He mixes them in some lab somewhere. His numbers remind me when I was in the Raiders draft room, and you would like a player in the draft room, and then the scouts would say his forty time is like four eight. Wait a minute—he ran four five at the combine, and the scouts had him at like four seven five. Like I used to say, "Where's this lab? Where are you guys coming up with these numbers?" It's the way Russo's numbers are sometimes.
2: He's getting those mamula numbers. Remember Yeah, him? exactly. Pre- <laughs> okay, Absolutely. So, uh, let's do – we always talk about three being the key number when betting the NFL. We've been kind of dancing Jacksonville, Tennessee. So let's get into this matchup. Right now, Tennessee is three and a half at most shops, although circa where Brent Musburger is sitting is three with Tennessee Lane. at Jacksonville and Tennessee, both off flat, flat performances, Michael. Of course, Jacksonville got blown out in Detroit, and the same happened for Tennessee in Philly. Jacksonville is 1-5 straight up and ATS on the road this year. One thing about Tennessee, they feast on bad teams. They're 6-0 ATS against teams with a losing record, and here comes the Jags and a banged-up Lawrence, who looks like it's, he's going to give it a go with that toe.
4: Right, but, but the, the, the Titans are banged up too. I mean, no D'Amico Autry, he's out with an ankle. They're not going to have David Law in the middle linebacker. He's out. So that, that really affects them. And what we saw last week from Philadelphia was Philly took advantage of their secondary. Like, this is not a great coverage team, right? This is a team that doesn't really are, are not able to play man to man. And if they get into a zone game, they're not very good in that area either. You know, so, you know, they have Christian Fulton. He's got a groin injury. You know, their best skill player, Burks, is out. So this is a beat up Tennessee team. Jacksonville never made Detroit punt last week. Detroit could run the ball. So this is gonna be a game where Tennessee has to get back to what they do. They gotta run the ball, play action pass, run the ball, play action pass, and then put pressure on Trevor Lawrence and see if they can get him out of his rhythm a little bit. And there's a ton of steam, and I mean a ton of steam on Jacksonville. Jacksonville seems to be the sharp play of the day today Got there and talking to people here at the book. A lot of people love Jacksonville and taking the points. You know, and at, at, at 3.5, I think it's gone up to 4. Let me see if Thomas has it here. Thomas is at 3.5 as well. So for me, you know, I, I see this game as I had this as a 3.84 game. I'm right there on the number. I want to take Tennessee because I think Vrabel's doing such a good job. But when you break them down, I mean, look, Tennessee for their strength, right? For as good as Tennessee is, they're 22nd in the National Football League in yards per attempt rushing. That's not, what, that's not, who they, that's not their strength any longer.
2: Disappointing performance in Philly last week, Michael. That was, yeah. we expected more from Tennessee last week, no? Yeah,
4: no doubt. I did. I know I definitely did.
2: I did as well. All week, Miami had been laying three and a half at the Chargers. Looks like shops are moving to three, that key number. We're back with it, your boy Tua, next Lombardi Line.
1: You're listening to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, Brent, thank you. Might be hearing from the man in a second here, but first, I want to tell you about FirstBet. Get 10 bucks instantly when you sign up over at FirstBet, plus a $200 deposit match bonus when you use the promo code HORSE200. Mr. Musburger gets into the ponies. VSIN.com slash horses. For more information, that's VSIN.com slash horses. I always say maybe. Uh, for me, the coolest thing is working with Michael Lombardi, then kicking it off to countdown to kick off with Brent Musburger here on VEASAN, the sports Betting Network. What's fascinating about Brent Musburger is he's done everything. He's one of the great broadcasters of all time, but he can't escape Bill A.D. and the daily newsletter on Sundays. You can go to VEASAN.com, enter your email address. I noticed that A.D. is hunting you down, Brent, every Sunday to get your take in the daily newsletter, my man.
1: Uh, Michael and Patrick, how are you? Yeah. Last night I was out for, with a date with my wife, you know, and I got that memo. Have you forgotten me? Send me something. So, so I, jumped, I jumped on Dave Tooley's home underdogs. And, uh, you know, unfortunately uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders, one of those home dogs has already struck. Uh, but we got a few more this week that we're going to be talking about, Patrick and Michael. But, Michael, how you doing, lad? Are you picking? Are You got to be beating Mad Dog. Mad Dog never, oh. he never beat me. Come on, my man. Uh, I am – oh, I'm I'm closing in on Brent. I am having such
4: bad luck with Mad Dog. I think he's getting help from somewhere outside. He is. He is. And he – it, and 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 he's got every bounce of the ball go his way. Last week he was zero three, so I'm one game behind him. I mean, last year I beat him by 12 games, but this year it's been a struggle. And I'm going to get him, though. I promise you, I'm going to get him.
1: He's
2: getting hey Brent. help from Phil Sims. Uh you, oh, know, yes. Patrick, you I
4: thought watch that's us. where
1: he was going. Yeah, he
4: does Sims <laughs> yeah. before he does me. I thought that's where he was and, going and, with
2: and, it. And but and what the boys the boys are referring to, Brent Musburger used to beat on Chris Mad beat up on Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and then Michael Lombardi already took up on beating up on him, and this year, Russo's getting some revenge, but we think he's cheating. Hey, Brent, yes. let me ask you about Cleveland and Cincinnati. You sure. know, we get excited about this here at V-CIN. Uh five and a half this morning. As you can see, it dropped all the way down to three and a half with Cincinnati laying it. There were no scratches. What do you attribute that movement to? Uh, the fact that the Browns
1: have played so well recently uh, against the Bengals. I think that's the total reason. You know, in the uh, over at the Westgate in the Super Contest, they put it out as a six, okay? So I play a little contest with the Review Journal here in Las Vegas. So I've jumped on the Browns plus six. And also, I think that people feel that Deshaun Watson will be a little more settled after that very rough outing last week against his former team down in Houston. Now, the rest of the Browns, And I think this speaks to some gamblers jumping on the Browns. rest of those Browns played very well with Deshaun on the field. I mean, the defense stood up tall. The special teams stood up tall. But I think basically it is the fact that the Browns have played so very well against the Ravens. Now, the Ravens, of course, as Michael well knows with Joe Burrow, I mean, they again are looming. They are looming as a contender for the AFC. You've got to watch out. When they get healthy – and they've got that new offensive line in place. Uh, you will notice that Burrow's not getting sacked as much as he was earlier in the year.
4: Yeah. To me, Brent, that's the difference in this game. That's why I like the Bengals because I agree with you. I like the Browns in the game on Monday night when they play because they always play them well. But to me, this is a little different because of that offensive line, because of their ability to protect him. And Burrow has kind of got that look in his eye like, watch out. Watch out. I am hot right now, and I don't want to bet against a hot quarterback. I really don't.
1: Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with you. But I think if you take the other side, take the points in a tough divisional matchup. Now, the other one that you and I disagree on, I went with the Steelers. I gave the two and a half here in the Circa contest. Uh, I simply don't believe in this Raven team. I know that you have not given up on them yet, but I, I think the whole Lamar Jackson situation is a disaster for the Ravens. First of all, I can't understand how any multi-million dollar quarterback would operate without an agent, so he doesn't have to worry about that. And you don't respond to fans uh, when they send out tweets after you haven't played well in a game. I'll tell you right now, Jalen Hurts has become the quarterback that the media keeps telling me Lamar Jackson is. That has not turned out in Baltimore. They do not have a passing game. You've said that yourself, Michael. You've got to, especially when you get to the playoffs— you get behind 10 points in a playoff game, you better have some quarterback who can get you back into the running to win that game. And Lamar Jackman hasn't shown that yet, at least not to you me.
4: You I think you hit the nail on the head. This Raven offense, I've been complaining about it for two years. And and hmm. what you said about the Eagles is right. They want to be a six-back offense like the Eagles are. And, but the Eagles have a better passing game. And I agree with you. Uh, you know, to me, this was just a play that the Ravens are getting points. And they usually play well in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they do. And I'm going to go with the points and the field goal kicker. And the way, you know, look, I hate betting against Mike Tomlin because I love the yeah. guy. But at, I mean, Kenny Pickett can't continue the streak of not turning the ball over, and so I think that's my play here. I didn't take it in Russo. I I stayed away from it in Russo. I gave it I gave it out on on Bill Ad because he hit me up right after he hit you up, wondering where the hell my picks are. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, Brent Musburger joining us here on the Lombardi Line countdown to kickoff coming up in 40 minutes. Thrilled to have. The Godfather with us Brent 40 plus years ago sure. you popularized talking about the point spread on television. Maybe <laughs> you did it a little low key, but you were the one that <laughs> the started it. What I bring it up because now it's very common to talk point spread. We're in the playoff push, but everybody's discussing Minnesota 10 and 2 mm-hmm. against a 5 and 7 Detroit team. It's just interesting how everybody's talking point spread and it's just a common a common occurrence now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it really is and it should have been uh part of the scene for decades, I feel that the NFL was completely hypocritical about it, but it was fun. I'll tell you, you know the anecdote. So Jimmy the Greek comes to the NFL today, and we have the meeting with Pete Rozelle, and everything's fine. Pete and Jimmy are getting along, and then at the end of the little meeting in the NFL office, he said, oh, by the way, guys, uh, when you do this, I would prefer that you didn't say that the Cowboys were a three-point favorite over the Giants, or that somebody (laughs) was a seven, and we kind of like looked at, oh, but when the commissioner makes a request, you know, that was the rule. So we had to go to Jimmy the Greek's checkboard. And now I just smile when I see the scroll at ESPN, the NFL network, all the pregame shows, what the line is, what the over-under number is. I get a I get a big kick out of it because people enjoy it. Even if they don't gamble our games, people enjoy knowing what the spread is on a football game. And you mentioned something. Research tells me that Detroit – It's only the 10th time in the Super Bowl era in which a team with an 800 winning percentage is an underdog to a team with a losing record in December. Uh, I'm all over the Vikings. I think they're better than a lot of people think they are.
4: (laughs) I the you know, you know, Brent. Musburger. I was. I. I was. I wrote about that scene in my new book about the great Brent Musburger and talking about how they walked back to Sixth Avenue and came up with the checklist <laughs> and did that. And and if you watch any of those clips, it's brilliant how Brent weaves in the point spread oh, yeah. without even talking about it, and the Greek just plays right along with it. But this game, Brent. This game. I didn't realize, I was talking about the Miami Dolphins uh, as it relates to the 49ers when Miami lost their starting quarterback in the 72 season. I didn't realize in 72 Miami was an undefeated team and they were a two-point dog to the Washington Redskins in that Super Bowl.
1: Yes, they were. They were a dog in that Super Bowl game. Uh, I I well remember it. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you made money on it, I'm sure. <laughs> Love the dolphins and big Larry Zonka. You know, it's st- I still get a big kick out of a Michael celebrating every year when the last undefeated goes down. You know, sorry, you can't. do Oh yes, you can. Have some fun and enjoy it. Okay,
2: <laughs> Merc- Mercury Love Morris it. and the crew. Oh, yeah. You did say you agreed with Michael's take on the Giants. You've got that number toggling, Brent with the Eagles lane seven, seven and a half there. What's your take on that one? Well, you know, I really respect what the Eagles are doing. Uh, I think Sirianni is a
1: strong candidate uh, for coach of the year. Uh, I think that the Giants were somewhat fortunate, as Michael does. They don't present a system. Now, Saquon Barkley, you know, we all say he's 50-50, but that's still a neck injury. And it's unlikely that he can carry them over the Eagles. You have got to, I think Michael has said, you've got to have weapons on the perimeter uh, to get the ball to getting back down the field. And I just don't think the Giants present that kind of an attack. Plus, Eagles win today, they're in the playoffs. There's a little bit of motivation. And listen, Patrick Mahomes may or may not win the MVP, but the strongest opponent is named Jalen Hurts. I can't tell you how impressed I am by Jalen. Covered him at Alabama did not cover him after he transferred to Oklahoma, but he goes in the summer and he has worked so hard on being a downfield passer. That's a triple option offense, okay? That read option, he can either hand it off, keep it himself, or he can throw, and he is very accurate with a lot of weapons. I'm, I'm all in on the Eagles this year in the NFC.
4: I am too, Brent, and I think if they play from in front, I think if they come out and drive the ball down the field, the, the first two drives of the game, I think it'll be very challenging for the Giants to stay close to them, and I think that motivation about getting where, getting the caps, making the playoffs, is huge. People don't realize that, and it gives kind of sense, and going in there and defeating them, knowing the Cowboys won there is even more motivation for the Eagles.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you, Michael.
2: Brent Musburger, countdown to kickoff Embarrass him for 10 seconds He's the kindest guy, he's nice to literally Everybody, on camera, behind the camera He'll take pictures, sign autographs He's the legend, thank he's Brent Patrick. Musburger Coming up next, thank you Brent we nice appreciate Thank you. you so much Brent, uh, appreciate thanks, you Patrick. And by thanks the so way, lot. when Roselle told him Not to say the point spread, Michael, trust me He still worked it in, whether it was He <laughs> got big, it in, so good, it was brilliant Trust me, Brent Musburger, sharper than anybody He got it in, we continue, we're going to run the board Thomas Gable is next
1: To the Lombardi line on vSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher.
2: Okay, vSIN pros, you get the tools to help you become a more sophisticated better. The most popular tool by far are the betting splits. We talk about the betting splits, like right now, I'm talking about Cincinnati dropping from five and a half down to three and a half. That's all on the board. Money in bets for every game, updated every 10 minutes directly from DraftKings. Today's games future events, Beeson.com slash subscribe to get the betting splits. You have to be a pro. Michael Lombardi is there at the Borgata and encore for Brent Musburger is Thomas Gable who runs the race and sports book there at the Borgata. Did you ever think that you'd be following Brent Musburger,
5: Mr. Gable? Definitely not. And I, I probably shouldn't be. So, (laughs) but (laughs) here I am anyway. Here I am. you
2: know, anyway. <laughs> you you, sh- you should be. We'll get to the Des Moines play and the drama that's happening behind the scenes with Thomas Gable's college hoops picks in a second. But let's talk about that Cincy move. Five and a half this morning dropped down to three and a half. I see most shops settling in at four with Cleveland in town.
5: Yeah, we never got to three and a half. We found resistance at four, and what really what happened with that? We we took a, a bigger play from someone we respect on NFL, and you know, connected to some uh, uh, some sharp NFL uh, handicappers, and you know, that w- took the five and a half there. So, and it seems like right around that time, that's when uh, you know. There was a move there on uh, on Cleveland, point. and but uh, you uh, have to remember this you have to remember this when it comes to NFL or or a lot of these major markets, you know as the liquidity goes up, you know limits go up, so there are times where groups time time to play, and uh, you know it typically comes when there's a limit increase or limit increases are available so and and there's also a lot of books. Especially on a market as efficient as the NFL that they're just going to follow they're going to follow certain uh, certain shops and and move uh, they don't want to be out of out of sync with everybody else and and be out there on an island so uh, but there certainly obviously was uh, some but what caught me
4: so, off guard, TG, was the the point and a
5: half move. I mean, it was a significant move.
4: It what like it we're used to points. seeing half line moves. It's just to me this was huge. I mean, Seattle's gone from three and a half to four. Yeah, I got that right. Yep. You know, the, the the Dolphins go from three and a half down to three. Get that. But five and a half to four. four.
5: And that was the thing. And um, you know, at four, it was that's where we found resistance. Uh, that particular customer didn't want. Uh, didn't want four uh so you know well that's kind of where everybody's settled in now at this point uh, across the board is four uh, i know there were some some places that got down as low as three and a half miles. plenty to
2: three and a half yeah i just want to follow up on yeah. michael's point to a two-point move with plenty got to three and a half so we just have fun with it you know we geek out on visa about those big moves when they're happening in real time so that's the story there liability anywhere let's start with the game of the week and that's minnesota and detroit i kid but not really because look this was up to two and a half earlier it looks like there's been some buyback on the on minnesota because it's two everywhere now
5: yeah i mean you you saw some places going two and a half two uh this morning and this was a game opened as pick we opened as pick at least, and. You know, the the market obviously has spoken here and says Detroit should be favored in this game. And and Detroit is playing uh, very well right now. I mean, they obviously lost there on Thanksgiving to uh, the Buffalo, a game that they certainly could have won. And when these two played at the beginning of the year, I mean, let's face it, the Lions did things that, the Lions typically would do which they could
4: easily do today now (laughs) let's not count them Uh, out Uh, the Dan Campbell effect is still in full
5: force here let's not lose sight of that blowing a a lead making costly mistakes you know so it's kind of like have they turned the corner here to not be that Detroit team anymore that's that's the thing so and you know again Minnesota is a team that when you look at their uh, advanced stats people are wondering how are they at this record you know, they, the point differential, everything. So uh, I think the one thing that people are looking at is this is going to probably be a high-scoring affair between these two.
4: No doubt. I think that, that that's definitely, I think, the overs in play because both defenses will struggle to stop the other team.
2: So plus 10 point differential, that would generally, Michael, be a 500 team. They're 10-2. and two. I had a pro text me this morning. He's got Minnesota Powell ranked at 15 on his list. So that just gives you an idea. 10 and 2 team power ranked somewhere right no, in the look, middle. They
4: they have gotten I mean call it luck, call it fortunate. I I mean they're on a they're on a, oh, a since Dallas they're undefeated. But they could have lost easy one of those games. Absolutely. Hunter Henry, the whole I mean they've been very fortunate in their wins. You can't dispute it and and they don't they don't pass the eye test, Minnesota. They just don't pass the eye no. test.
5: There's one. There's one thing in this business that uh, that always will exist, and that's variance. And uh, the, the variance is going in Minnesota's way at this point. Listen, if you're holding a, a Viking season win ticket, you know you you've already cashed that if you have the over. So, and uh, have they been fortunate to have got grabbed some of these wins? Of course they have, but bottom line is they are where they are right now
4: so just to put it in perspective team rankings comes up with their equation for luck however they come up with it right so the luckiest team they give a point total to right minnesota's luck rating is the number one in the league at 3.8 the eagles are number two at 2.6 that's how big of a gap there is in the luck I mean, some teams, you know, like Minnesota has never really been out of the luck category. They've been, they've been the last two weeks. They've been the last, they've been in the top five most of the season. They've just the ball has bounced right, like the ball bounced right for the Raiders last year, which then makes you think the Raiders were a great team right. last year because it bounced right. Maybe they weren't. Maybe they weren't. Maybe Minnesota isn't a great team. We'll find out. They weren't great against Dallas. Maybe we'll find out.
2: The luck usually evens out. We teased Miami yeah. at the Chargers. This is interesting. Where are you sitting? Because I've got some books Miami laying three, and then I've got others, Thomas, Miami laying three in the hook.
5: Yeah, we're, we're at three and a half here, and um, we opened this game at three. Uh, the total opened 52 and a half, so the, the total has been bet up. It's now sitting at 55. Um, and, and, again, when you look at these two teams, Uh, defensively and compared to the offenses that they're gonna be facing it makes sense that the move there uh, people are expecting a a lot of points in this one. Uh, Chargers have been struggling with with injuries all season Uh, probably big reason why this team with as much talent as they have sitting at six and six Uh, defense has been a major issue, especially trying to um, uh, struggle there really against the run but we are seeing again money come in here on the over. That's typically where the, where we're seeing it uh, on the spread right now. Dolphins. Are taking taking some action here uh, that's why we're at three and a half right now with uh, Miami and,
4: and it goes back and forth there's some shops at three I don't know to me I had this as an all-in a hoax play because as much as I wanted to take Miami in this game <laughs> mm-hmm. I look I look at their defense and I look at Herbert you know he's had 20 300 yard passing games and 44 game starts you know and then I look at Staley, defensive coach and I don't like that and then I look at you know there's so much on both sides I don't like I do think the over at 55 is high but I i think it could be in play
2: i can't go for that no can do another one dancing three three and a half (laughs) jacksonville tennessee three three and a half where are
5: you Uh, we're three and a half here as well and uh tennessee again uh we at that three and a half we've seen uh the money come in on tennessee here uh take account certainly favoring them as well uh, total right now sitting in that on that one 41 and a half, Michael. Uh, hasn't really moved much at all from uh, where we opened it. So. Yeah, it'll be
4: interesting to see how Lawrence, who was didn't really practice very much this week, going to have to throw the ball against Tennessee. They won't run the ball against Tennessee very effectively because Tennessee can play the run. They're going to have to throw it, and then I think Tennessee's got to get their run game going. You know, they've got to be able to. They, they're 22nd in the league in yards per attempt, but this is a game that, to me, a lot of people on our board here, TG, are betting Jacksonville. The ticket count is even. But the money, 86, 82 percent of the money is on Jacksonville, and yet the line is kind of almost stale.
5: Well, you know, we're we're reversed probably from those splits yeah. here. Yeah.
2: Okay. The hottest picks in the street right now are Thomas Gable's college basketball plays. Three and two last night had an opportunity to go four and one. We Should have gone four and one, three and two. You got three plays today. Remember, Veasan subscribers, you get Thomas's basketball plays. I'll give you one right now as a teaser okay let's go east tennessee state moorhead state under 137. of course you did thomas gable you're the under king any thoughts on that one quickly
5: (laughs) Uh, i'll just uh, really looking at this uh, when i make these uh, i'm really looking at defense defensive efficiency uh pace of play uh, offensive efficiency for, for both teams and uh, this is one here where I, I just think that the under uh, the 137 is probably a touch too high, probably a few points too high. So we're, we're going to look at the under here based on just where I have both those teams graded uh, defensively uh, as as well as uh, pace of play. So
4: I, I love that you can span the globe; that you're just not restricted <laughs> to the to, to certain. T- I mean, you get all over this. I mean, you're you're into you know. I'm, I thought maybe you come up with an Iona Saint Bonaventure game today, but I mean, you're all yeah. over the place.
5: Iona so. Iona I think is right at the right number right now. So. Okay, good.
2: <laughs> He's got all hundred games right there in the dome piece. Okay, Thomas's Plays, dot slash subscribe. TG, you're the best. It's going to be a busy day. We appreciate you. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. Okay, Michael Lombardi's official plays and leans. Next, we run the board.
0: listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your
2: bbc podcasts if you dare you're listening to the lombardi line on v
1: featuring former nfl executive michael lombardi now once again here's patrick maher
2: Okay, of course, BetMGM is the king of sports books. Unleash the spirit of Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. So every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Reward points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets. It's never been easier to join the action on the new BetMGM app. Again, if you're planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert those points into dining, shows, airfare. It's great. Make sure you check it out, betmgm.com, or download the reconfigured app right now. 21 years or older, 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. We're back. Michael Lombardi there in Atlantic City. I'm Patrick Maher. As we get to that part of the show where we've got three official plays from Mr. Lombardi, and of course, we're going to run the board. M. Lombardi NFL, if you want to take a look on Twitter. Okay. Are you ready to go, my man?
4: Yeah, I sure am, Patrick. Yep.
2: Okay. We're going to skip your official plays. Let's start Minnesota and Detroit. Detroit is now 2 uh, laying it with Minnesota in town?
4: You know, this game has got so much action. Uh, it, it, it's just so significantly higher than most of the games. Everybody's playing it. I love Detroit. I took Detroit in the Russo contest. That was my first pick. I think Detroit's. this is a moment where they can show themselves to be an improved team against a Minnesota team. That And I hear what Brent said on the show earlier about, you know, Minnesota has won games and they deserve to win those 10 games. I think this is a re- revenge game. They had a chance to beat him in week week three of the season. They didn't. I think Detroit wins the game.
2: Good shot of snow today in Buffalo. Potentially a snow-rain mix there. Sustained winds 10 to 15 miles an hour. You've got the Jets at Buffalo in Buffalo's lane 10.
4: Yeah, I mean, Russo took the Jets and, and got the 10 there too. I, I would take the Jets here too. I have this as a 7.47 game. I, I think these interdivision games tends an awful lot of points. And so I think the Jets have to play a certain way. They've got to slow the game down. They've got to run the ball. They can't let Mike White go in there and turn it over four times like he did last year or else it'll be a blowout. But I like the Jets
2: and take the 10. Okay, 109 rotation number Baltimore-Pittsburgh. We're going to skip that. That's an official play. We'll come back to it. 111 on your rotation, Philly at the Giants. Philly is lane 7, Michael.
4: You know, and I took Philly in the Russo contest here uh, because I felt like it was the right play. I didn't think Saquon Barkley was going to play. He's going to be active, but how good can he be? I think if the Eagles come out and throw the ball early in this game, take advantage of the Giants' inability to make explosive plays or play catch-up. Make the Giants' offense play outside their comfort zone. Look, the Giants struggled to beat Houston at home. They got whooped by Detroit at home. The Eagles are the best team they're going to play, including Dallas this year, and Dallas beat them by 7 and 8 in both games. I think the Eagles win this game. I think the Eagles win this game going away.
2: Skip 113 rotation. We'll come back to it. 115 Jacksonville at Tennessee. I'm going to give you 3.5 with Tennessee laying it.
4: You know, I'm going to take Jacksonville here. There's a lot of lot of reasons to like Jacksonville, and most of it is because of Tennessee's injuries. And I think Jacksonville can throw the football. I think Jacksonville saw Philadelphia throw the ball on Tennessee. Now, I don't like playing against Mike Vrabel, but if I'm going to get that half point at 3.5, I'm going to take it. I think they've got to protect the football, and they've got to make sure that Derrick Henry doesn't beat them. It'll be a close game. It should be a really close game. I don't like the field goal kicking situation in Jacksonville, but at three and a half, I'm definitely going to take Jacksonville. At 3, I probably would stay away.
2: That's a great job by you. If you do like Tennessee, you can find threes. Like Michael said, if you like the Jags, it's such a key number, the key number, 3, three and a half. so you can find the hook with the Jags. Houston is at Dallas. We haven't really touched on this. It's the highest point spread of the year. Dallas is laying 17, hosting the Texans.
4: I mean, Davis Mills comes back and starts, uh, you know, that, that, that Houston team was just pet uh, d- disgraceful last week. They've got to play better. They actually didn't play bad defense against the Browns. They held Nick Chubb down. They gave up 21 points outside of their defense last week. Uh, I, I would lean towards taking the 17 and a half. It's too many points to me. I don't know. How, when you're a 17 and a half point favorite, the challenge you have as a coach is how do you get your team really up to play? I think it's really hard. I think Mike McCarthy's got a challenging job today to get his team ready to play. Last week, they were a 10-point favorite against Indianapolis, and I didn't think they would cover, and they had that incredible fourth quarter. I'll take the 17-and-a-half. I don't like it at all.
2: Great point by you. You worry about a team laying 17 getting apathetic in the fourth quarter. And that's when yeah, the. Yeah, I mean, get apathetic
4: in. in the second quarter, like, oh my God, like you know, all of a sudden it becomes a harder game than you think it is, and you don't want that. Uh, so I, I, I lean towards the points. I don't like Houston's team at all. I don't like anything about their defense, offense, nothing.
2: Okay, let's do it this way with Miami and the Chargers because it's completely uh, split. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, you can either have three with Miami or you can take three and a half with the Chargers.
4: I would probably take the three with Miami my first instinct was to take Miami as the week started. I thought Miami would move the football but the charger's in the dog spot and the, the way they could throw the football against the secondary that I think they could take advantage of now pimpkins the right tackle for San Diego for los angeles isn 't going to play that hurts their offensive line isn 't very good They're, they can 't handle power but herbert 's sensational he 's 21 and 23 as a starter he said 20 games of over 300 yards he said two other ones at 290 he 'll throw the football Football in this game i think that they can't pressure tua i think Tua will make plays i don't trust brendan staley i don't trust the dolphins defense it was a no play for me but at three i'll take miami
2: matt lombardi and the carolina panthers at seattle yeah. seattle's lane three and a half you
4: know carolina's getting a lot of action in the game at three and a half here at the book here it's four it went to four on my board here carolina's 44 percent of the tickets got 82 percent of the money a lot of people betting Carolina. Carolina has got to be able to run the ball. I'm nervous. I'm going to take Seattle because I don't trust Sam Darnold to protect the ball in a tough environment. I think he's going to be too conservative, and he's going to make a mistake, which is what Seattle will take advantage of. And can Carolina play good defense against a good passer? That's been their problem. When they go against somebody who can throw the football, they haven't been as good as defense as you think they are.
2: Fair enough. Brady, Purdy, Tampa Bay, San Francisco. San Francisco's lane laying three and a half.
4: I'm going to take I'm going to take San Francisco because I didn't like even though the Bucks won last week I didn't like the way they played. I don't think you can go in a game and throw it 50 times, and I think Brady's going to have to throw it. They don't do a good enough job offensively, the Buccaneers in the run game. They don't come up with a run game that can attack it. And this eight-man front, you've got to be able to run it. You cannot throw the ball 50 times against this against this 49er defense and think your quarterback's not going to make a mistake.
2: Okay, the Kansas City Chiefs are at Denver, and the Chiefs are laying. Gosh, eight and a half.
4: That came way down. I'm definitely going to be all over the Chiefs here at eight and a half. I mean, I don't know why the number's moving because here's the way I look at this game the, 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 the Broncos can't score. So, say the Broncos score 14, do you think they can hold the Chiefs to under 28? I mean, I don't know. I don't think they can. I mean, when they played the Raiders, you know that we talk about Denver's defense being good, and it is good. But when they play against the teams that know how to throw the ball, the Raiders, the Raiders scored points on them. But the, you know, when they play, the Chiefs will score. They'll move the ball on them. They will be able to move the ball. I just don't know how the Broncos stay up on it. They don't. Their receiving core is limited. And this Chief team, to beat the Chiefs, you got to win on the outside. You've got to have receivers that can beat man-to-man coverage. I don't think Denver's healthy enough on the outside. Yes, they have Judy, but who else? Sutton's not going to play. Hamler's on IR. I think it's a challenge. I think they'll pressure Russell. And once you start pressuring Russell, you know, he's just not he going to throw it up there. So I'll take the eight and a half. Thank you.
2: Okay, two and a half minutes. Let's get your official plays in. Baltimore, you're taking two at Pittsburgh.
4: This is just to me a divisional game I don't think I don't think Pittsburgh can run the ball in Baltimore. That's the play. I like Tucker give me the points and Tucker in a field goal game. I think it'll be close. I think Huntley will make some plays he was he was had the flu last week and Kenny Pickett hasn't turned the ball over in four weeks. I don't know if that streak can continue if he can't run the ball. I like Baltimore and the point and get the points
2: Okay Cleveland's at Cincy. It was five and a half this morning. I've got most shops showing Cincy Lane four, four and a half. I'll take the four. So the, I'll take the four. Okay.
4: I mean, you could. I'll take the four here in the Bengals. I like the Bengals. I like them at five and a half. Hell, I'm going to love them at four. So, oh, you know, I know that we have it there. I'll take the four. I get a better number Sunday morning. Why not? Thank you very much. I'm not buying the love for Cleveland. I get the reason for the love. I'm just not going to go against a hot quarterback. I'm not going against Burrow with the ability to attack this secondary because, look, the – the, this is a home game for them. They're not playing in Cleveland. This is a Bengal game where they can go down there and throw the football.
2: Fascinating to see how that one plays out today. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Early window. Okay, uh, finally, we're going to have plenty on this game tomorrow, but you're going to lay the point with New England at Arizona. We'll have more tomorrow, yeah. but you want to give a quick synopsis?
4: I mean, look, New England, I think this is th- this th- their – they've got to make hay here. They've got to beat a team. I think they'll come up with a good game plan on how to contain uh, the mayor keep him in the pocket, and I think they can move the ball, plus the motivationing factor of how Vance Joseph attacked them. I think that's going to create a lot of sensation to play well. I like New England in this
2: game. We'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay, it's money time. Playoff push. What do you got the last yeah. 30 seconds here?
4: Well, I think a lot of this... I, the, the interesting game is to learn about this steam that happened it's funny how it just happened Sunday morning this is why you have to watch out because the these syndicates don't want to play it too early to move the numbers so they did and I think it's going to be that fascinating game to watch the Bengals and the Browns today I think that'll be fun and it'll be fun to see who clinches and are the elite teams elite I think we'll find out is Minnesota elite or is Detroit really coming on
2: The Sound of Silence. That's Michael Lombardi and the dogs watching NFL Sunday. Enjoy your day, Michael Lombardi. No doubt.
4: Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Elliot. Thanks, Brent Musburger.
2: Yeah, thank you, Brent Thomas Gable and the crew back at Circa. Brent's next.